been on Wednesday nights, we've been on a series for a while entitled No More Fear. And um, I'm just, I don't know, I, I can't get off of this. Actually, I mean, there's so much that God is showing me about this in our lives and for our lives and, and how vital and how important it is that we live a life free from fear. I, I mean, I can't even tell you how vitally important it is that your life is your life is is in the word and what the word produces is a life that refuses to fear to be afraid um, but it takes a revelation of the word the holy spirit revealing that word in our lives for us to really believe we don't have to be afraid. Um, tonight, um, I want to look at Ephesians 4. And um, and I'm going to start, we've, we've had some other foundational scriptures that we've looked at um, In this series, but I want to start with Ephesians four tonight. I want to, I want to look at something that I think is is key because <clears throat> you know it's not enough just to hear information about something. I'm talking about the title of this series is No More Fear. So we're talking about not living in fear. But if you just hear a word and you hear information and you don't leave here with the ability to take that word and do something with it, then, it's, then we've not accomplished the reason why you're here. We're not just here to hear another message. You can hear a message anywhere. You need something that is going to be delivered in such a way that you can embrace that and then apply it and then live a life free from fear. Free from fear. I mean, actually... We live in a society where people think it's okay to fear. I mean, I mean, it's almost healthy to have a little fear. I don't know about you, but it's not healthy to have a little cancer. Right? It's not healthy to have a little bit of anything that's not good. And, and we, don't, we, we, we want to know that it's God's will that we live free from fear, and then we want to live free from fear. We want to live that way. Not just talk about it, but we want to live that way. So, so who, who's, who's, the main, um, who's the main source behind the fear? Satan, the devil. So, in Ephesians 4 and, and verse 26, it says this. Be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your wrath, nor give place to the devil. In other words, give no place to the devil. Uh, one translation says, don't give the devil an opening. Don't give him an open door. Everything he's going to deliver in your life is fear. Yes. 
everything that he will ever say to you, and I promise you, I mean, you know, there is a voice, one voice of God, and then there are many voices, and all those many voices are either directly or indirectly rated, related to Satan himself and his demonic forces that work the earth. Some people, I, I've, in the last few years, I've, I've met a lot of Christian people that have even told me, not a lot, but several, that have even told me they don't believe in the demonic realm. Well, you, you don't have to, but if you don't acknowledge it, and the only reason we acknowledge it, because the Bible does, right. right? This isn't something I dreamed up. I'm talking to you about what the Word says. The Bible says, give the devil no opening. Amen. Right? So, what's an opening? How am I going to give the devil an open door or an opportunity to work in my life? How am I going to do that? That's what he's saying right here. Actually, and the reason I read verse 26 is because he said, be angry and don't sin. So you can be angry and be in faith and be in the will of God. And then you can be angry and be out of the will of God and be in sin because all sin is is just disobeying God. That's what sin is. We're not, not all that it is. That's what it is. True sin, there's the acts of sin, the, 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 the results of sin and manifestation in a person's life, but sin is disobeying God. And the way you get out of a life of sin is to learn to obey God. Simple. Yet, one of the most difficult things for people to do to, to, to be involved in the exchange of getting free from disobedience and embracing obedience. Very difficult to do. Well, no, no, it's actually easy to do, but we make it difficult. I'll say it like that. It's actually very easy because God's never set up anything for us to do that's difficult that he's in the way that he set it up. He wants us to get it. But it starts with hearing the word, then it goes from hearing the word and allowing that word to become revelation in our lives. And when it becomes that revelation that we have the choice to do what is God's will or not do it, that's obedience or disobedience. That's sin or walking in righteousness. It's simple. We don't have to make a bigger thing out of sin than it is. Some people are so focused on what they think sin is that they can't walk in the truth of God's word. God doesn't want that. He wants us to be aware of it. He wants us to give the devil no opening in our lives, but he wants us to walk free. Always. Jesus died that we would be free. Can you say amen to that? So, this one verse of scripture that I've been reading a lot, there's two of them I've been reading a lot, and I'm going to look at the Matthew verse that I've been looking at. I'm going to still keep talking about Deuteronomy 29.9. But tonight in, uh, in uh, Matthew 8 and verse 13, and we've talked a lot about this since, since Word First Conference. Actually, I started on this verse before Word First Conference. Actually, the last Sunday in January is when I first brought this up. And um, I just want to, I want to, I, I know I've talked a lot about it, but I want to make another point about this verse. So, 
Jesus comes in, in starting in the fifth verse, and we won't go back and read the whole thing, but I just want to look at verse 13. But just a little recap of it. Je- Jesus comes in contact with this Roman centurion that comes to him, and, and this Roman um, has a servant that's not well. And he comes to Jesus and, and tells him that, and Jesus offers to go to his house, and he said, no, you speak the word, and my servant will be well. And there's several things that were said there, but what Jesus said over this guy is that in all of Israel, all the people that Jesus has come in contact with, he said, here lies the greatest faith he had ever seen. So if this guy is in great faith, what is he not in? He's not in fear. Because if you're in great faith in a, in a certain area, and you, you know that you know, you believe, yeah. see, when you believe something, then you're going to receive it. Because what Jesus tells the centurion after all of this, he says in verse 13, then Jesus said to the centurion, go your way, and as you have believed, as you have believed, not as you will one day, but as you have believed, so let it be done to you. And his servant was healed, some translation says, that moment, at least in the hour, his servant was healed. Why? Because he believed. And so what I've been saying to you is, since the first of the year, God's saying the same thing to you as he's saying to the centurion, when you believe something, you're going to have it, but only when you really believe it. So we have to know how to believe something, that's why we've been talking a lot about that all year long. You have to know what to believe something really is and what it looks like and how you apply it day to day. Because when I believe, which means I'm free from fear in that given situation that I'm believing with, then I'm going to have what I say. So when I'm not receiving what I'm believing for, I'm just saying there's elements of fear that are trying to rob us from receiving what God wants from us. I'm not talking about believing for something that is not the will of God for your life. It has to be the will of God for your life. You know, you're praying for some crazy thing and something that is not what God wants for your life. I'm not talking about crazy being something big. God has great and big things for all of us in our lives. But God starts with things that we can actually believe for, and as we believe and we receive, then we begin to step out and believe more. Just because you believe for something and you receive something in life doesn't mean it's going to happen again. Your faith has to continually be developed in believing, number one, that you're hearing from God, so what you're personally believing for is the will of God for your life. You've got to know that first, and then when you're believing God and you're receiving from God, then things are happening. See, and they will happen continuously, but our faith has to continue to be developed and it has to continue to grow. And as your faith grows, fear gets kicked out. That's the process that we have to see. You're not going to just, you know, bite real hard and yell and scream and spit and and command fear to go away and it's just going to go away. It it, it won't. Fear leaves when faith arises. Faith and fear, you try to mix those two together, it's like oil and water. They don't mix. You're either operating in faith or you're operating in fear. And if you're operating in fear in an area of your life, the entrance of his word begins to build faith on the inside of you. It begins to grow and then faith begins to exit. That's the process that we've got to see. 
That's how it works. And if you don't apply the word that way on a day-to-day basis in your life, it won't just all of a sudden one day hit you. I know because I've tried and waded around in it, that just doesn't work. If it did, we'd all be doing it that way. It has to develop. Faith has to develop in us. So I want to look at a kind of a popular verse of Scripture, two verses, found in the Old Testament in the book of Job. Oh, Job. But it's J-O-B. It's never been... I would think Job would be J-O-B-E or something, or Joby or something. But the book of Job, chapter 3, and look at verse 25. There's something about this that I'm not going to spend a lot of time on it tonight, but I'm going to spend more time on it next week. Um, And before I read this, I'll preface it by saying this. The number one way that you give an opening to the devil in your life, because Paul said to the church at Ephesus, he told him, he said, don't give the devil an opportunity. The number one way that you give the devil opportunity in your life is to fear. It's the number one way. Now, let me show you something about Job that maybe isn't always looked at. Verse 25 says, For the thing that I greatly feared has come upon me, and what I dreaded has happened to me. For the thing that I greatly fear has come upon me, verse 25, and what I dreaded has happened to me. Now, What this verse of scripture doesn't say is this. It doesn't say this, but sometimes I think people think this. Some bad things happened to Job and he became afraid. No, Job feared and what he feared even before a lot of his family members passed and he lost everything that he had, before that, He feared. So he was in fear, and the things that he continued to fear are what came to him. The number one way that you and I give the devil opportunity in our lives is through fear. So I'm going to say it like this. Um, How how many in here you were born? Okay. So everybody was born into the earth. I'm just trying to loosen it up a little in here tonight, okay? (laughs) everybody was born, okay? When you were born into the earth, you were born into fear. I don't care how Christian your parents were and how great everything was and the surroundings and everything else, you were born into an element of fear. So everybody's got it. So what I'm saying is, the picture here is Job had the fear, And he didn't get rid of it, and he continued to meditate on it, and the thing that he dreaded came upon him. 
And tonight I'm, I'm, I'm going to give you maybe eight or ten different examples of things that I feel like that in humanity that we dread at times. I mean, you, you can think of, you know, simple little situations like... Um, Well, this wasn't a real simple situation, but um, when, when I lived in the Rio Grande Valley, um, I had a guy that was, I, ha I, had an, I had an LLC company, and I had a guy that was doing my taxes, and he said that I could run this company. It was, it was you know, it was just myself and another person, and I ran the company a certain way, but at the end of the day and at the end of the year, it was incorrect. And so there were some things that had to be corrected, and I had to go see the IRS, and I had to go into the IRS office, and when I went to the IRS office, I dreaded it. <laughs> What's that called? Same thing Job did. I dreaded going in there talking to him. At the time in my life, I really... You know, I, I was developing, I was developing faith. I got saved when I was 18. About this time, it would have been, I'd have been maybe 25, or something like that, when I went into, had to go into the IRS office. And I was renewing my mind, and I was developing things. But I hadn't learned how to apply the word in a way to liberate me from dreading something and having my absolute faith and trust and confidence in God. Can we? Does the Bible say we can trust Him 100% and not give in to fear at all at the time? I didn't totally see that. Today, I know it's the case. But I dreaded going in that office. And I mean, I, I can remember having a stomach ache the night before and waking up the next day and going into that office because of all the horror stories I had heard about the IRS. I mean, it was an honest mistake. I, I just had to pay the IRS. It wasn't any big deal. But I had this dread, this fear. And I walked in there. And you know what? When you're in dread over something, the tendency is not even to be honest about what it is you're feeling. A lot of times when you're in dread, you're kind of embarrassed of being that way. And you go before people and you kind of stammer and stutter and you feel a certain way and, and you feel weird about yourself. And, 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 and a lot of times what you needed to really say didn't come out right because you weren't listening to the Holy Ghost and speaking things that God would have you say to fix this situation. God can fix any situation that you and I find ourselves in if we're void of fear. Because when we're void of fear, then I'm void of the voices that are talking to me, trying to tell me things contrary to what God would have me do. I screwed that whole situation up. I ended up having to pay more money because, you know, in conversations like that, less is always more. And I just... Stuttered. I was 25 and I stuttered and stammered and fell all over myself and was intimidated and all that kind of thing. And, you know, I mean, I got out of it. I mean, I, I got over the thing and paid it off, but I probably paid, you know, several thousand dollars more than I would have had to pay at the time. Why? Because of fear. God will get you and I out of any sticky 
ugly situation that fear got us into, if we'll learn today when we're not in those sticky situations to be doers of the word and give no place to fear, do the opposite of what fear voices try to tell you to do in any situation, learn, develop it, practice it. All my growing up, I was a golfer and I practiced and I played golf and I was good at it. Why? Because I practiced. You'll never be good at faith if you don't practice faith. How does faith come? Faith comes by hearing. Tonight you're hearing something. At the end of this message, when you leave, you go home tonight, you're going to have the choice to do something with what you heard. Take the scriptures you've heard, go look at them. Listen, the Holy Spirit is the true teacher. He takes what men teach, and then he takes it and he breaks it down and he says, now, Sean, I want you to do it like this for you. See, then he tells Veronica, I want you to apply it like this in your life. And then he says that we, each one of us, the Holy Spirit can take what everybody hears tonight and minister life to each one of us in different situations. Yeah. See, so when the Holy Spirit is saying, you know what, you remember what he said? Yeah, but... So if you do that, then you're not going to develop in faith. See, faith comes. It didn't say faith is developed by hearing. It says faith comes. See, because I'm telling you tonight... I mean, is that, is, am, I, am I blowing smoke or can God get you out of anything? Amen. Hmm? And you know what? The grace of God even got me out of that IRS situation for $2,000 more, but he got me out of it, you know? But he taught me some things. See, he taught me, you don't have to be afraid of these people. They're just people. Hmm? I mean, so, I mean, in those days, the fear was they're going to throw you in jail if you do anything wrong in those days. Today, the IRS people are afraid they're going to jail, you know. Anyway, whatever, I'm just, forget all that. I didn't even say that. <clears throat> um, but actually, the, the revelation ha has to actually come, kind of the revelation that Paul had that, okay, so if something happens and they're going to throw me in jail, well, we just, the ministry just keeps going. Yeah. You just start ministering to the people in the jail, right? That's what Paul did. That's what they all did. They just, went, they wanted to imprison him. They, they'd throw, so, so today, if the worst thing that could happen to you, whatever that worst thing is, okay, it won't be void of God. They might put you behind bars for something, but they, those bars don't keep God out because he's in us. So we can win every single time. I, I'm not saying that's what you need to do is go to prison. I'm saying if, the, if that's the worst fear you have about something that you're challenged with in life, just know God will overcome that. And I don't care what it is. We always win. Amen. Always. But we have to be people that are free from fear. The thing that Job, in this third chapter, the thing that he greatly feared came on him and what he dreaded actually happened to him. And I can testify to that. That's why I've been busy for 40 plus years. I've been busy getting fear out of my life. How? By allowing faith to be developed, confidence to be developed, having faith and confidence and absolute trust in God and God alone, not anything or anybody else. Listen, we all need to help each other. Everybody needs to be there for one another. But at the end of the day, people are going to let you down. 
God will never let you down. Amen? He will never, ever, ever let us down. He will never, ever come up short in any situation. He'll never be a dollar short, neither a day late to anything in your life if you will just develop trust and confidence in him. Because when you think he's late, but you're trusting him, see, your mind tries to say, well, you know, if it was God, he'd... No, 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 I'm trusting him. I'm developing. I'm getting stronger. I'm getting more aware of God's ways of doing things. That's what he wants out of our lives. Can you say amen to that? Amen. <clears throat> so, in the just in the next few minutes, I want to look at, let's look at 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 7. And actually, before we read that, let's look at Romans 8 and verse 6. Romans 8 and verse 6. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Read that again. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Look at verse 14. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear. You received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. And what's this crying out stuff to, to God the Father? What is it? Huh. God, I, I thank you. Lord, I, I, I thank you today that this fear that's tried to torment me all week, and I'm, I'm just saying potentially what something could be, this fear that's tried to torment me all week, Lord, I know that you're greater. You did not send your son. You didn't die for me. He didn't die for me to liberate me so that I'd go back to fear. That's, right. that's what he's saying. No more fear in our lives. Can you say amen to that? Amen. No more fear. We're not tolerating any more fear, not letting fear have any place in our life. All those who are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Now, go back to uh, 2 Timothy 1.7. says, for God has not given us a spirit of fear. So, if God hasn't given you fear, then you don't have to receive fear. But it's even, it's even deeper than that. If God hasn't given me fear, then as a Christian, there's no reason for me to take fear, to tolerate fear, to give in to it, to, you know, to continue let it hang around. Fear has no more place in me. No fear in me is what needs to be spoken and declared over your life. He said, God has not given me a spirit of fear, but what's he given me? He's not given me a spirit of fear. So what we just read in Romans 8, 14 is, all those who are led by the Spirit of God, they're the sons of God. 
So if there's a leading of the Spirit of God, the voice of God, is there a leading of the enemy? Absolutely. There's two different leadings. And the enemy's going to come, and his voice is going to tell you to be afraid, to give in to it, trying to convince you that God cannot come through in a situation because of how it looks. In other words, what you see is more real than what God says is true. That's, that's the fight. That's where fear has the right to remain when we're more moved by what we see in the natural than what the promise of God said. That's where he beats us. But God didn't give you fear. He gave you a spirit of power, of love, and what? A sound and a well-balanced mind. Do you know how many people that I hear all the time, different ages, I don't care what the ages are, how many people, and a lot of times they're joking, but they make these, these comments. They forgot something and they said, oh my gosh, I'm losing my mind. But you, you think about it. Science proved Science, not biblical science, science proved. I read it in a Reader's Digest one time when I was sitting in an office waiting room. I read in this Reader's Digest where these two, these two scientists took a plant, they stuck it in a room, there was nothing in the room, it had sunlight and water, that plant did, certain period of time in a day, and they left it in this room for 30 days. They, had, they took a plant, they stuck it in another room. The same sunlight, same water, everything. In this room, a person would come in every day, certain time of the day, and yell and scream and curse that flower. In this room, a person would come in and speak blessing and, and, and just uplifting words and everything. And in 30 days, this is, I read this in a Reader's Digest, I know this. They proved that those words spoken over this plant killed that flower because it was treated exactly the same they came in there after 30 days and it was it, it, it was looked like it hadn't been watered in a long time they proved it you say well you know i was just joking when i said that well you know you say think say something one time but you think about if you've been if you're 60 years old and you've been saying that since you were 15 man i'm just losing my mind and then you get older and then every, other people are saying it, so you're in agreement and you're hearing everybody else say it. And, and, and after a while, you begin to believe that you're losing your mind. Then you see somebody that's lost their mind or you see somebody that is riddled with Alzheimer's and dementia and you see what it does to them and then fear grips your heart. And if you don't know that what you say has the power for life and death, if you don't know that, because the scripture says life and death are in the power of what you say over you. And if you don't know that, and you keep saying those things, and yet fear what happens, exactly what happened with Job. The things that I feared and the things that I dreaded are what came on me and manifested. And that's what happens to all of mankind. That's what happens with anybody that will do it. But we declare tonight, say this after me, I will never 
lose my mind. Now listen, this isn't the power of positive thinking. This is the declaration and speaking what God's word says is so. You know why I'll never lose my mind? Because what I say over myself every day, I have the mind of Christ. I think the thoughts of God. I meditate on the things of God, and with the mind of Christ, how can you lose your mind? Amen. You, think, you think Christ has lost his mind? Well, you know, it's been a long time. <clears throat> I mean, you know, since, since his resurrection, it's been over 2,000 years. I mean, you know, that thing can only last for so long. No, we're not talking about now. We're talking about God. I will never lose my mind. The more you say that, okay, in, in, in a, the more you say that in a directive way, purposely on a day-to-day basis with other things that you are declaring, then you will have what you say because you say it enough, you'll come to the place where you believe it. And what happened with the centurion? As he went his way, as he believed, so it was done unto him, and his servant was healed See, things don't happen like this, but when you develop faith and a belief system, then things happen. It appears like something happened like that to you. No, but it could have taken you 25 years to develop the belief system that it takes to believe the word. Why did it take Abraham 25 years to have a child after God told him 25 years earlier that he is the father of nations? Because it wasn't until 24 years in that he really believed it. He began to say it. 11 months later, Sarah had a child. Now, you know, she was 90 then, right? And she was in her 60s when it all started. (laughs) And, you know, okay, uh, in this day and time... It's hard for a woman to get pregnant at 60 or 65, but I mean, they waited till 90, and it was like an impossibility. And when over 25 years of trying to make it happen, trying to help God out, lying, cheating, committing adultery, all the things that they, their plans didn't work, they came to a place where they believed God. And in, and in Romans chapter 4, it says, he grew strong in faith giving glory to God, believing that what God had promised, he was able to perform it. That was 24 years in. That's why we have to be on our journeys of developing faith, developing trust, so that fear leaves. And when fear is gone, I'm talking about when fear is gone, it's a done deal. When there's no fear and your faith and absolute confidence is in God and God alone, that's where we see the results. It's easy. But the difficulty is not quitting when you don't see it when you want to see it. Because God knows when the fear is gone and you don't. Well, I said all the right things. I did all the right stuff. I, 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 okay, I, got, I, 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 did, I think I did it all, and, and now I should see it. No, that's probably the, the, that's probably the time when there's no way it's going to happen. <clears throat> Absolutely no way. Now, 
the, the fear of something like Alzheimer's or dementia, okay, the reason we don't have to give into it. Now, do, do things happen to people's bodies physically? Absolutely. Stuff comes against our bodies. Are there things that we can do in the natural to help? Absolutely. Right? I mean, I mean they're coming out with all kinds of, of formulas and, and, and things that you can take to help. You know, for years, doctors said that, that brain cells could not uh, reproduce. That's a lie. I mean, brain cells can reproduce now where people didn't think they could, but you've got to take the right stuff, right? So there, there's all kinds of things that can happen in the natural, but what, what God wants from us is, listen, if, you're gonna, if you've got a headache and you're going to take two aspirin, take the aspirin, but declare the word when you're taking the aspirin. Believe God as you're taking something. I didn't, I, I'm not here tonight to, for, to get in some battle about, well, you know, don't take medicine and don't do this. No, no, not, not at all. We're not, we're not in that at all. We're in, let's hear from God. And if you choose not to do something, you do it because that's between you and God. You may get information from other people to help you to understand how to do it and what to do. But at the end of the day, it's not about not doing something. It's about developing faith and trust in God. Getting fear out of our lives so that we're not doing something because we're afraid we're dying. The other passage that, I got time for this. The other passage, the last passage I'm going to read is, is, uh, is uh, Hebrews 2 and 14. Inasmuch then as the children have partaken of flesh and blood, he himself likewise shared in the same that through death, through death, Jesus' death, he might destroy him who had the power of death, that is the devil, and release those, us, who through fear of death, everybody say fear of death, fear of death, that's the root of everything actually, the fear of death. Because the word death there is not just ceasing to exist. The, the fear, the, that word death there is separation from life. So you can be a walking dead person on planet earth that's walking around in fear and you're separated from the life of God ministering to you and you're not getting what you need in life. God wants you liberated. He wants you living on earth like you're living in heaven now. Jesus brought heaven to earth. He wants you and I living like we're living in heaven on earth. That's what he created. He created that environment. Can that be? Does that mean all the circumstances around you are going to change and there's not going to be any bad thing and it's just be like heaven? Absolutely not. I'm talking about the world you live in. The world out there can go to hell in a basket and, we, and, and listen, if I'm living in my life free from fear, then I can help those who are going to hell in a basket to not go to hell. Did you hear what I said? I mean, th those who, are, who have been, are still strangled and entangled with the fear of death, I can help them get free of that. But if I'm still entangled with the fear of death, I'm born again, I go to church every Sunday, I do everything that needs to be done right, I said all the right things, but I'm afraid of everything around me. Then you can't help anybody else. You don't have time to because you're busy with about... 900 other voices trying to lead you in all these different directions. God wants you and I free from fear. Everybody say, no more fear. 
No more fear. When does it start? The day you make a declaration and are willing to fight for it. That's when it starts. It didn't mean that just because you made a confession, now there's no more fear in your life. Ha! I tried that. It didn't work. Years ago, I thought, hey, I, I said this a few times. I thought I'd be set free and delivered and everything would be fine. No. It starts the day you make a declaration, and I'm going to stay with this. No, 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 no. No more fear. No more fear. No, 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 no. No more fear. No, I'm not giving in to that. I'm not going to be moved by what I see right now. Fear, I address you now in the name of Jesus and I declare you have no right in my life because God didn't give you to me. God gave me a spirit of power, love, and a sound and a well-balanced mind. I have my mind. I will always have my mind. One of the things that I say, according to what Moses said at 120 years old, actually it was maybe 130, somewhere, 120, 130. His eyes were clear, his ears were clear, and his natural forces were not abated. 120, 130 years old, somewhere in there. So I say that over myself every day. My eyes see, my ears hear, I can hear, I can see clearly, I can hear clearly, and everything's functioning and working the way God made it to operate, and I'm doing some things I've learned to do to make my body better. Okay? It's not just in my confession, but if there's if I'm doing all the things to make my body right, but I'm not lining up with the word and fear is riddling my life, it'll take you out. Fear will take you out. The thing that Job dreaded is what came on him and manifested in his life. And yet, about a year later, he was free of that fear and the double came on his life. Double for everything he lost came to him. Why? He was free from fear. He said he was. The things that he feared, they came on him, and then he got delivered because of no more fear. Because he trusted God, he quit listening to people, and there were a lot of people, a lot of family members, a lot of friends, a lot of people trying to drag him down and take him down, trying to turn him against God, and he got free from that. And the double came on his life. How many like the double for everything you're believing for? You're believing for something in your life, and double comes to you. Why did that happen, Pastor? Just because God loves you. Amen. Because you've been faithful to his word. You know, it's, it's, it's not, God, God, God's not in the favorite business. Well, I like this guy because he has a shiny head. And, you know, well, I, I, I like this one over here because his beard. No, he, he didn't play favorites. He's just a respecter of faith because everything that he's done for us has already been done. So when a person trusts God and gets rid of fear, it, even if it takes 15, 20, 25 years, if they get rid of fear in their life, then what God has set up for us, cha-ching, it kicks in. Right. It just, all of a sudden, it downloads and boom, there it is, and, and it, things just happen. We don't have to make it happen. It just happens because we're free from fear. Amen. So I just want to end tonight by saying just a couple things. Um, <clears throat> And Because and, I want to leave you with some things that you can think about that will help you to apply it to situations that you face in life, okay? Um, <clears throat> you, and, and, and just to save time, I'm going to throw two or three of these just together. But 
so, so, how, how many watch television? Come on, everybody raise your hand. Yeah? So you watch television every once in a while. And on television, if you're watching a show or you're watching a movie or whatever, and it's on television itself, you know, I mean, a lot of times, I mean, a lot of what's out there today is on computer and come in different ways, and so it, it's free of commercials and all that kind of stuff. But if you're on actual television and you're watching a show, 100% of the time during that show, if there's 10 commercials, six to eight of them, have to do with medicines. Hmm? And they tell you about the medicine to take, and then in a real low voice, they tell you about all the side effects. And the side effects are worse than whatever it is you have. I mean, I'm not being critical of the pharmaceuticals, I'm just saying, isn't that the truth? Anybody else hear that? Yeah, okay. So, so there's a, there's a fear of sickness taking you out, cancer taking you out, heart disease, this, that, I don't care what it is, there's a fear of that. We live in a society that if you don't have enough, you don't, you don't drive the right car, you don't live in the right house, wear the right clothes and all that kind of stuff, there's this fear that I'll never have those things. And people walk around and they try to ignore it and then they get on social media and they feel like a loser and then, you know, everybody else has it all together and they got nothing and it's just not happening and it's not working. What is it? It's fear. Right. See, it's the fear of comparison. You're comparing yourself with other people instead of developing faith, trusting God. And God said, God said, scripture after scripture after scripture, he sent you his word and healed you. By the stripes of Jesus, you and I are healed and healthy and whole. That's got to be downloaded in you. You can know that in your head, but you've got to be downloaded. He said he'd meet every need that you had according to his riches, which are unlimited, according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. What does that mean? By the revelation of who Jesus is in your life and your trust and confidence that what he did at Calvary overcame every obstacle that you would ever have in life. And if you trust that what he did was enough, then it's enough. That's right. But man, we live in a society that tries to tell us, no, no, it can't be that. It can't be that simple. No, it's that simple. It's not easy, but it's that simple. Right? So there's, there's, there's all these things. And... And we live in a society that's so focused on retirement and, and having all the right money. And, you know, oh my gosh, will my retirement last? Will I outlive my, my retirement? Will I... Oh. I mean, God wants us to be smart. He wants us to make investments. He wants us to do the right things. There's all kinds of wisdom out there, glean wisdom and understanding. But don't store up for a rainy day out of fear that God can't take care of you. We need all those things. But God is in the business to take care of us. And I promise you, he can do a better job of taking care of you than you can of you. And the way he can is if you are led by what he says and not led by what the enemy says. And the enemy constantly says things and he does things to you and to us, brings them to us. And if you entertain those thoughts and you meditate on those thoughts and you give in to those thoughts, those thoughts will rule in your life. 
And what happened to Job will happen to you, me, and all of us. But I'm just saying tonight, Jesus came that we be free from fear. He destroyed him that had the power of death, that is the devil. And through fear of death, kept people in bondage all their life. Jesus didn't die for me to send me back to bondage and be in fear. He died for me so I could be liberated from fear. I could walk in faith and I could be a blessing everywhere I went to people. If somebody comes to me and they need an answer for something and I have the answer because I believe in God, I mean, you know, if somebody asks me a question and I'm not sure of the answer, well, I'll go find it. I'll find somebody that has it. I'll call Lee and he'll, he'll tell me what it is or whatever. I mean, I'll find the answer, but listen, the answer is in, inside of us. And when you have the answer, you can be a blessing to people. You find somebody in need, in, in, in a financial need, a physical need in their life, and you can pray and you believe God when you're praying that it's really happening and things are changing and stuff is happening. I mean, I mean, we're so full of doubt and unbelief because of fear. I mean, humanity is. That trying to break through in the natural mind is impossible. When you're carnally minded, it produces death. When you're spiritually minded, it produces life. Amen? And that's what God has given to us. Life. The last one I'm just going to say is this. And, and I see this a lot with people that has to do with the fear of other people's success. <clears throat> I see it a lot. I've talked to many people through the years that it's, it's, it's hard to admit that you're angry and mad and upset when someone else is prospering or some good things happen to somebody else. It's hard to admit that. But a lot of people are in that place. And, and I'll just tell you this. If I'm, if, if, some, if there's some good thing, good things are happening in Dale's life, but I'm saying if there's something really good that happened and it didn't happen to me, and I'm mad about it for whatever reason. I mean, why, why would you be mad about something like that? But, but no, you, there's reasons why. There's a lot of reasons why. But if I'm mad about that, and he, and he continues to advance and prosper and things are happening and it's not happening for me, what I'm meditating on is his success and I'm mad about it. And you can't hear the voice of God when you're mad about the success of other people. That's why I've always said this. When you see something good that happens to somebody else and you rejoice with them, your, your blessing's right around the corner because your mind and your focus, it doesn't mean that you don't have, I mean, there, there, there's, there is kind of a good, not jealousy, but maybe an envy for something that somebody has. There's, a, there's something that's okay. You know, when he said you can be angry and not sin, there's something, you, you can want what someone else has and it not be a wrong thing, but you don't let it go any farther. See, you don't let it go beyond where it's unhealthy and it gets you focusing and you're mad and you're frustrated and then you're talking bad about him and trying to find something bad. Well, you know, Dale's blessed and, and, and you know, but you know what, he, he does this and I, I saw him act like that and I saw him somewhere else and I'm trying to stir up all kinds of strife and division. I mean, I'm the one digging the hole, not him. Huh? The hole's being dug for me to fall in. God wants us liberated of those kind of things. And the only way is that faith arises through the word that we hear and fear goes. As a result of that, I'm healed, 
I'm prosperous, I'm saved, I'm delivered, I'm set free, I'm blessed to be a blessing, I'm anointed, I know how to be, I know what to do, I know how to operate, I don't have to apologize for being blessed. See, when you're blessed, you don't have to tell people you're blessed. When things are happening in your life, you don't have to brag and tell people, try to convince people that something good has happened in your life. You just be. But what you be behind the scenes is for other people more than you're about yourself. That's a fear-free life. And there's nothing more satisfying than being able to get so involved in the success of other people. There's nothing more satisfying on the planet to want to do that. And tonight, I say, no more fear. Can you say amen? Say this, point to your brain. I will never lose my mind. Amen? Our bodies are well, we're prosperous in what we do because we are fear-free people.